service. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Good morning and happy Monday, Discos. Welcome to our weekly advanced mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly. The place for us to set the table for everything we're going to be discussing and listening to this week. And whoa, Nelly, do we have a lot going on. This week's release, all kinds of dark and spooky episodes from the Disgraceland Archive to get you in the Halloween spirit, including episodes on ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Robert Johnson, Led Zeppelin, Norwegian Black Metal, Charles Manson, Skip James, Black Sabbath, and more. All right, we're laying them all out for Halloween over the next 10 days, right here in the feed. We're also going to discuss here, right now, any music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, we're starting this conversation right up, the one that we're going to continue over voicemail, text, social media, and in our Thursday bonus episodes. All right, are you in the spirit, Discos? The Halloween spirit, it is here. We are in it. Spooky season, as it were, that time of year when scary shit rules. We've gotten into many haunting stories over the last five years here in Disgraceland. And so to celebrate that, and to celebrate the season, we are dropping a ton of scary stuff into your feed this week. The best part is, you don't have to do anything. Just go to your feed every day, and you find a new Halloween treat, a bone-chilling treat, all right? Yesterday, we dropped our episode on ACDC and their connection to the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez, one of the most terrifying serial killers of all time. Today, we re-released or reincarnated our episode on Ozzy Osbourne, the Prince of Darkness himself. And coming up tomorrow is our Halloween-themed episode on Robert Johnson. This one was released back when we were exclusive only to the Amazon app. It has not been available in the wide world yet. You're getting it this week. You're also getting Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page dabbling with Aleister Crowley's Dark Magic. Norwegian Black Metal, that's coming up this week as well, way back from season one. Friday, we've also got an after-party episode on Thursday, and Friday is Charles Manson and his attempts to become the next big thing in the music industry. You know, right around that time, he uh, slaughtered a bunch of people up on Cielo Drive. All right, Saturday. Saturday is the freaky story of Skip James, and Sunday is the Sabbath. Black Sabbath, that is. And a supposed satanic sacrifice, okay? Lots of frights to keep us going next week as well, but more on that later. This is a really special, really fun stretch of Halloween content to keep you guys freaked out maybe even sleeping with the light on. Let me know what you think is the freakiest and the deakiest of the bunch, all right? Get at me. Let me know, okay? The number one song in America. Number one song in America as of this writing, the writing of this episode right here is First Person Shooter by Drake featuring J. Cole, which is Drake's 13th number one on Billboard's Hot 100, which ties him with Michael Jackson for the most number one songs by a solo male artist. Drake and Michael Jackson in the same sentence. Now that's scary. All right, let's read some emails. This one from Kyle, uh, Kyle Gusty, subject Leonard Skinner plane crash. Hey man, love the podcast. I'm the guy who Jimmy Page called a effing c word. Uh, was listening to what? Listening to your latest and brought. Okay, this is this guy. Okay, this guy had a voicemail before about a story. This, this guy was like a tour manager, or promoter, or something. He had a story running with Jimmy Page, I believe, if memory serves. Anyways. 
Kyle here goes on. Uh, when I was on the George Strait tour years back, I was sitting in a production office the day before a show with the tour's production manager, Steve. I'll leave this guy's name out. At the end of the day, we were having a drink and one of the TVs was showing something on Leonard Skinner. And it happened to be at the crash part of the documentary. And he looked at me and he said, I was on that plane. After my holy shit first reaction, he started telling me all about it. A bunch of them were going to drive to New Orleans after they landed because Steve's birthday was the next day. Steve traded seats on the plane to play cards with a few of the party while the person he traded with died in the crash. And when I asked what happened, he said, plain and simple, we ran out of gas. He said they descended in the swamp and began to hit trees and it sounded like thousands of baseball bats. That's a quote, like thousands of baseball bats hitting the fuselage. When he regained consciousness, there was a large tree branch running across right in front of him. He said for some reason the tree branch was something that made him hang on and work his way out of the wreckage alive. I think Steve was the lightning guy for the band at the time. And after I digested this incredible and chilling description, I said something like, I guess you're the guy to fly with as you got through a crash. To which he said, nope, I've been on two other plane crashes. Damn, Steve's still out there working shows with Live Nation out of Texas. Damn, Steve. Uh... Kyle goes on to say, really good guy, and we cross paths from time to time. Keep up the great work, Kyle. Credible email, Kyle. Appreciate that. Damn. Steve sounds like he's living a life, or he's lived a life. All right, let's check out this email from Steve Dennis, uh, subject, New Order Podcast. Message says, love the show. Was never a huge New Order fan, but brought back memories of my buddies at Texas A&M in 1985, recording the opening drum beat to Blue Monday, putting it on a continuous loop and blasting it out through a dorm window during final exams after locking the door and breaking off the lock. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Steve from Montgomery, Texas. Steve, you're a fucking animal. Love it. All right, guys, you know how to email me, disgracelandpod at gmail.com on anything Disgraceland, even Badlands if you want. Uh, to the fine man who emailed me about 27 Club and animation, I'm going to get back to you offline, all right? Okay, let's dig into some more Disgracelandy elements here for this week. This week in Disgraceland subject history. All right, on October 24th, back in 1978, Keith Richards, you've heard of him, right? Keith Richards was convicted of heroin possession in Toronto. And it wasn't just heroin going on up in Toronto. Keith's band, the Rolling Stones, played some legendary intimate shows at a little club called the Elma Combo up in Toronto. And a few of them uh, may have even slept, a few of the Rolling Stones may have even slept with the First Lady of Canada. What? What? Yes, I know she's not actually called the First Lady, but the President's Wife. The premier's wife, right? Is it the premier? You're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can Maggie Trudeau have been so cool while her son, Justin Trudeau, is such a weaselly cuck? Oops, I'm sorry. Don't censor us, Canada. Don't censor us like you are other podcasts for dissent, but I digress. You can hear all about the premier putts of Canada, a.k.a. Fidel Castro's illegitimate son's mom in our episode on the Rolling Stones from season one of Disgraceland, our first of something like six episodes or so that we did on the Rolling Stones, if you include the Brian Jones episode, and why wouldn't you? So check that out. That's available for you right now on the Disgraceland feed. Keith Richards and the president of Canada's wife sleeping with other members of the Rolling Stones. Also on October 24th, this time in 2008, Jennifer Hudson's mother and brother were shot to death inside her mother's Chicago home. Her seven-year-old nephew was kidnapped at that same time. It's a fucking horrible story. I don't even like reading this. And his body turned up a few days later. The tragedy happened, uh, this is about three, three or four years after Jennifer Hudson was originally a contestant on the third season of American Idol. 
and almost two years after she was cast in the film adaptation of the Broadway musical Dreamgirls. Um, it's obvious to say that these murders turned her world upside down. They changed her. They changed her life. They tested her faith. Uh, it, it's, it's, this, is a, this is a hard topic to get into in one paragraph in a bonus episode. I bring it up to point you in the direction of the full episode that we did on Jennifer Hudson, where we explore this just horrific tragedy. It's from season 10. It's in the archive. We're going to release it um, probably in the next few weeks for you guys. It's a tough one. I don't know. Maybe we're going to wait till after the holidays now that I think about it a little bit. Anyways, Jennifer Hudson, still to this day, we're thinking of you. All right. Finally, on October 27th, 2013, we lost Lou Reed to liver disease. He was 71 years old and was still overturning the apple cart, so to speak. Just two years prior to his death, he released the polarizing album Lulu, a collaboration with Metallica. Yes, Lou Reed and Metallica. Uh, this is one of, one of the many polarizing releases in Lou's catalog. Uh, Lou Reed was a polarizing guy, and that was largely by design. He told tall tales. He was a steward of his own myth. He once said, and I quote, I have lied so much about the past that I can't even tell myself what is true anymore. Just last season, we did an episode on Lou's seminal band, The Velvet Underground. But before that Velvet Underground episode, we did a two-part episode on Lou Reed alone that was not your typical Disgraceland episode. And I read that quote, I've lied so much about the past that I can't even tell myself what is true anymore. And Lou was talking about his past. And I thought, hmm, what do I care about the truth then? I care about the truth, the heart of the matter, the truth of the story of Lou Reed so that I can fuck with it, so that I can subvert it. Not that I'm going to pretend to be a biographer or a journalist. So that's what I did. I took Lou Reed's favorite author, Raymond Chandler, and I took all the characters from Lou Reed's most famous songs, and I strung together a sort of, not sort of, a fictional narrative, but that is in line with the origin story, the chronological true origin story of Lou Reed. Anyways, it sounds like this big fucking mess, but I, I swear to you it's not. And those two episodes on Lou Reed's origin story are available now. If you're a Lou Reed fan, I highly recommend you check it out. Same if you're a Velvet Underground fan, obviously. If you're just a fan of Raymond Chandler and good sort of noir-esque uh, storytelling, those two episodes will be speaking to your side of the street. And they're two of the favorite episodes that we've ever released. So uh, I, I encourage you to check them out. And again, October 27th, 2013, that's when we lost Lou, okay? Uh, here's a clip from that episode, from part one. Never wanted to sit at the head of the class. The idea was too simple for him to come to alone and too daring for him to do on his own without prodding. Waldo, despite mowing and edging the Edison's lawn for $1.50 every other week, was broke and there was no way he could afford a bus ticket to Wisconsin to surprise Marsha. So the idea was to mail himself there in a cardboard box, staple gunned and pack taped, delivered to the attention of Marsha Bronson, care of the Clarence Darrow Post Office, Madison, Wisconsin, all the way from the great state of Pennsylvania. When Marsha opened the box upon delivery and Waldo emerged from inside, they'd be reunited and overtaken by love, or so Waldo thought. The night before he arrived, in a box, via the US mail, Marsha spent the better part of the evening in the back seat of a 66 Mustang, fighting off a boy named Bill's octopus arms. She liked him, but with that name, he couldn't help but remind her of her dad. And for her dad, she put up a fight, resisting young Bill's advances. But eventually the daiquiris won out. Marsha gave up the fight and submitted to the caresses of sexual oblivion. And this morning, she didn't regret it but she did regret her hangover. 
And when the package arrived, with Waldo, her boyfriend hidden inside, beaming with desperation, Marsha and her roommate Sheila struggled to open it. Inside, Waldo choked down an excited squeal. He was on his knees, perched like an obedient puppy in anticipation of a treat. Marsha, with some regret, noted the return address was from Waldo. Sheila asked Marsha why she still bothered with that schmuck. Waldo took it like a bullet to the gut. Marsha tugged at the box's flap, and it refused to open. She shuffled into the kitchen for some scissors, and those didn't work either. She remembered there were old tools in the garage. Marsha settled on the first large capable tool she could find, an old sheet metal cutter. It was pre-war. Just like me and Marsha's dad, it was special vintage. Its shears stretched eight inches. Waldo in the box was so excited he could hardly breathe. Marsha tried cutting into the taped edge of the box, but the sheet metal shears were too old and offered little action. And with her hangover calling the shots, Marsha stood impatiently above the box. She raised the sheet metal cutter over her head with two hands and brought it down in one giant stabbing motion with the entire weight of her body, right through the middle of the package, through the masking tape, through the cardboard, through the packing cushion and straight to the top of Waldo Jeffers' head. When they found old Waldo in that box, the sheet metal cutter was sticking straight out of his skull. The two sides of his head had split slightly, just as a watermelon would. Waldo was dead. Marsha killed him. And if I didn't prove that she didn't, I'd be dead too. All right, that was a clip from part one of our two-part episode on Lou Reed, or more specifically about the crimes and criminals that populated Lou Reed's songs. You can find both parts in your feed right now along with another episode about the Velvet Underground. That's three Lou episodes. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Back in a flash. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. 
Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership and an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. All right, we are back and my can of beer is empty, which means I got to wrap this puppy up. All right, listen, first though, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about musicians in the news. No huge developments in the arrest of Dwayne Kefty Davis. I still don't know if I'm saying that right. Kefty, Keefty, Keef. I've heard it pronounced both ways. In connection with the murder of Tupac Shakur back in 1996. Uh, unless you want to talk about Jada Pinkett Smith talking about Tupac being her soulmate, which I don't really want to talk about. File me in the uh, in the folder that uh, is it doesn't give a shit about Jada Pinkett Smith unless we're talking about her hardcore band. All right, there's more that's going to come on this Tupac thing. There is. It's just going to take some time. It's in the. It's part of the legal system now. That shit's slow. Okay, it doesn't move to the same. It doesn't move to the rhythm of social media. It's going to be a bit. It's going to be a moment, but I do feel like we're going to get some explosive news. And when we do, we will be talking about it here in Disgraceland. But first, some other music and true crime news. Rapper Takashi69 was arrested in the Dominican Republic earlier this month after allegedly assaulting two people, including his music producer. He was arrested while trying to leave the country on a private plane. Earlier this year, 6ix9ine was attacked inside an LA fitness gym, which led to his being hospitalized. Uh, that alleged assault happened after he pled guilty to an association with the Nine Trade Bloods gang. And back in 2019, as you probably know, he was sentenced to 24 months in prison, but only served a few of those months after the judge granted a motion for compassionate release due to COVID-19 health risks. Takashi 6ix9ine, future Disgraceland episode, season, book, miniseries. Damn, this guy gets in a lot of trouble. I think the clock's ticking on this dude. All right. Uh, also from the world of music, rest in peace. Rudolph Isley, former boss of Jimi Hendrix, co-founder of the R&B group, the Isley Brothers, shout. Rudolph quit the band in 1989, though, to become a Christian minister, as one does. And at the time of his death, uh, unfortunately, this is sad. He was in an unfortunate legal battle with his brother, Ronald, over the trademark of the Isley Brothers name. And he was 84 years old. That sucks, man. You're in the Isley Brothers. You make great fucking music. Play with Jimi Hendrix along the way. It's called the Isley Brothers. And you're 84 and you're still fucking fighting with your brother. That blows, man. Sorry about that. Rest in peace. Hope you get some peace, Rudolph. Hope your brother does as well. 617-906-6638 or at DisgraceLandPod on the socials to get at me to let me know anything you got on your mind. You can also email me, DisgraceLandPod at gmail.com. Let's wrap this advanced mini episode up right now. I need to go crack another beer. What am I drinking tonight? I'm drinking these non-alcoholic <laughs> non athletic lights. And I got to say, they're good. 
All right, so let's wrap. Number one, get ready for a whole lot of Halloween content hitting your fiends all week long in Disgraceland, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Robert Johnson, Led Zeppelin, Norwegian, Black Metal, Charles Manson, Skip James, Black Sabbath. Number two, I've got questions and I'm looking for answers. As always, 617-906-6638. I want to know what's on your mind. 617-906-6638. I want your answers. Let me know your thoughts on all this Halloween content. We are reincarnating, all right? Hit me up with anything Disgraceland, anything relative to Disgraceland, 617-906-6638, disgracelandpod at gmail.com, all right? Listen with the lights out this week if you need to. We've got a new After Party episode coming on Thursday as well. We're back on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick your week off and to land this plane. I am going to read to you the Billboard music charts from the week of October 26th, 2013, the last week Lou Reed was hanging around. Number one, Royals, Lord. Last week, one. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 15. Two, Wrecking Ball, Miley Cyrus. Last week, three. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, eight. Number three, Roar, Katy Perry. Last week, two. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 10. Number four, Wake Me Up, Avicii. Last week, number three, four. Peak position, four. Last weeks on chart, sixteen. Number five, weeks hold on. Number six, number four. Last week, five. Peak position, four. Weeks on chart, ten. Number six, Holy Grail, Jay Z featuring Justin Timberlake. Last week, seven. Peak position, four. Weeks on chart, fourteen. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!